Amen. Psalms 122, a song of decrees by David. David, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within the gates of old Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built as a city that is compact together. Whether the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, unto the testimony of Israel, to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. For there are thrones of judgments, the thrones of the house of David. Precious Lord, thank you for the church. Thank you you for the church. Thank you for shedding your blood for the church. Thank you for this church, Father God. Thank you for keeping it open, Father God, keeping it keeping it functioning. Father God, I just pray for the people of God everywhere, Father God, that they would understand and know the importance of the church. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So when 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 I look at when I look at Psalm 122, and again, it's just it's just one of the verses, and there'll be many verses I'll talk about today when we talk about the church. And, and when I say talk about the church, what is the church? What is it? What's the function of the church? What should we expect when we come to church? What is what should be going on in the church? What should be going on in the church? David David said, I was glad when they said unto me, that's personal. Let us go into the house of the Lord. Remember David, David was in the wilderness for a long time. There was a long period of time where David was on the run and David could not go into the house of worship. Matter of fact, he tried to go. Saul may have been waiting for him there to kill him. Now, when David got an opportunity to go and and some of us have been in those wilderness places. When David had an opportunity to finally go to the church. He said, I was glad. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. David was David was glad to uh, to attend church. He was glad to be in attendance. He was he was understanding that the church was a safe place. When you see when you see where it says my feet stand together, that means he was around people that he was safe around. Now, I know recently we've had church shootings, just had one this weekend, this past week where a church in Alabama was having a potluck dinner and someone opened fire on them. David didn't have those kind of fears. David didn't have those kind of fears. He said, our feet stand within the gates of Jerusalem. I mean, they were close. They were tight. They understood each other. They understood who was in the church. I, I always say, always say, and I, I see signs and money. If you guys have rolled around and you've seen signs on the outside of churches where it say everybody's welcome. That, that's not biblical. That's not biblical. And people think it's biblical. And I see it all the time. And I, I kind of cringe when I see it. But the church is a place where the people of God come together to worship. Okay? Now I'm not saying everybody's not welcome. That's not, that's not what I'm I'm literally saying everybody's not welcome because everybody is, but people of God should be the ones that attend. 
It should be a place where we're comfortable around each other. That we've gotten away from all the craziness of the world. And now we are coming into a place among brothers and sisters of God that, that share the love for God. That share the praise for God. That share their worship for God. That's the church. That's the church. And if a stranger do come into church, and the Bible talks about that, if a stranger does come into the church, he, he ought to be convicted or she should be convicted in their sins because of the message that's being preached and the songs that's being sang. See, we, we, get, we, 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 we do something different with the songs today. The songs that, the songs that are sang, biblical songs, gospel songs, are, are really the scriptures being sang? Mm-hmm. Are really the scriptures being sang? So, so even listening to certain songs, if you if you pay attention as we we read these songs, they ought to be convicted to someone who don't know the Lord. Okay, if if we're singing a song in here, and I'll just use a song. I'm, I'm going up to yonder. It's a, a classic uh, song that's sang in, in, in the predominantly black churches. I'm going up to yonder to be with my Lord now. I'm singing that song and the choir singing that song. And an unbeliever comes into the church. And they say, everybody here singing about going to the Lord. And I don't know the Lord. They ought to either want to know about how to get on that road to yonder. Or they ought to be like, these people crazy talking about going to heaven. And not come back. Somebody asked. Somebody asked John MacArthur this this great question years ago. Years ago, and they said, "How long should a person say say a, 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 a homosexual?" That's the word of the day. Since it's Pride Month, how long should that person be allowed to sit into a church unconverted? Think about that question. Here's what MacArthur said. I thought his answer was classic. He said, if a person can come to your church, live in that lifestyle, and stay a year or a month, the gospel is not being preached. Now, should we run them out? That's what he, no, 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 no. You either do what? Two things. You drive them. Or you draw them. The word of God ought to the word of God ought to drive them out or draw them in. Okay. Hmm. David says, verse number four. Watch this verse. People ask, what did we come to church for? Here is the here is one of the great answers in the Bible about why we attend church. If somebody, if somebody was to ask you, girl, you still going to church? Man, you still going to church? Why are you still going to church? Everybody that's in here today should have this for your answer. Okay? Verse number four. He says, whether the tribes go up, he said, the tribes of the Lord. These are the God's people. He said, unto the testimony of Israel. Okay? They want to hear from the Lord. They want to hear from the God of Israel. They want to hear uh, directions. They want to hear, they want to, they want to get instruction. That's why we come to church. We don't come here to have a good time. I, I see a lot of churches working real, real hard to, to entertain people. Okay, Cindy and I was coming to church today, and, and we thought about it when we was young coming to church. We, we had playgrounds in the church. 
There wasn't a playground. There wasn't swing sets and sandboxes and all that outside the church. Okay? You came to church. It was serious time. See, we, 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 have a, we live in a day and age where from the, time, from the time we wake up in the morning to the time we go to bed, we want to be entertained. We got to be doing something. And, you know, and, and my heart go out to parents because we do a whole lot trying to keep our kids entertained and busy. Coming to church ought to be a serious time. It ought to be a serious time. I always ask the question. You want we 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 have such a good time on Wednesday night. Then we have a good time talking Amen. about talking about Daniel and the three Hebrew boys. Amen. You think they had children church? You think Daniel and the three Hebrew boys went to children church? Amen. Uh-uh. No, they did. They set them down and they heard the word of God. Amen. And they were strong. Okay? Half our kids can't sit still. Can't sit still. We sit still. You know? Well, we got smacked around. <laughs> I ain't, I'm, not, I'm not advocating smacking your kids around. You can't touch them anymore. Um, David, David, David said, I'll come to the church. I come to church to hear some instruction. Let me give you an idea. First Thessalonians 4 and 12. Watch this. This is just instructions. Paul writing to the church. He's talking to the people of Thessalonians. And he's teaching them. And he's saying this. He said that you walk honestly toward men that are without. That you may have lack of nothing. That's just a simple instruction that Paul is giving to the people of Thessalonians. Obviously that question may have came up. But Paul said walk honestly before people. Okay. Treat people how? And the way you would want to be treated. If you go, if you have a job, give them an honest eight hours of work. If they ain't been employing you for eight hours, give them an honest eight hours of work. We ought to be the best workers. We ought to be the very best workers on any job. If I go to Jeremy's job and I say, well, how, what kind of worker is he? That, that foreman, that supervisor, that plant manager, whoever he answers to should say, I don't have no problem with him. He's one of my best workers. He comes to work, he's on time, and, he, and when he goes to lunch, he comes back on time, he does a good job. That should be it. That should be it. And y'all should expect the same if y'all was running to one of my employers or something. Oh, you know, my pastor works for y'all. What kind of worker is he? Oh, you don't even want to know. Can't hardly find him. Somebody sent me something, they said, well, good work is hard to find. That's why the guy was hiding out. <laughs> Instructions. Watch this. I'm only going to give you a couple because I have, y- y'all know how I do this. He says this. I don't even know where to start. He says, Psalms 34 9, fear the Lord. How about that? Fear the Lord, ye saints. This is just what you come to church to hear. It's not exciting, is it? Fear the Lord, have reverence for the things of God, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. How about that? I, I, I think I had a, sort of like this conversation with, 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 with Jake. You, you have all the babies you want. You know why I say, no, I can say that? Because as long as you and Jackie fear the Lord, God going to provide it. You, you, you got to sit here and wonder how y'all going to do this? I don't think you do, do you? <laughs> see, see, you was you was late for the for our morning hymn. The Lord would want 
The Lord will make a way somehow. Jake just he just clowning, but he he's not concerned. Okay. God gonna take care of God takes care of his people. Okay? He takes care of his saints. See, that's see, that's the kind of instruction you get. Somebody says, well, well, God ain't taking care of me. Well, you know, tighten up your game. Okay? Okay? God takes care of his. So if you run into a saint, you run into a saint that's 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 struggling and going through and 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 and, and having a hard time making ends meet. First thing you do, ask them, how's your relationship with the Lord? How's your walk? How's your praise? How's your worship? How's your church attendance? Now, somebody say, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm praising God. I'm worshiping God. I'm serving God. Okay. You have an obligation. How about that? And to give thanks. I listened to Deacon Jeremy pray this morning. And it was a prayer of thanksgiving. A lot of what he prayed about today was just thanking God. See, sometimes we, we, don't, we don't thank God. God's been good to us. Okay? God's been good to us. I look around this church, and it, it's one of the beautiful things about having a small church. You know a lot of what's going on in people's life. Ain't nobody in here struggling. Ain't nobody in here going through. Ain't nobody in here wanting. Okay? And y'all look good today. Nobody here sick. Nobody called me last night and said, hey, pray for me. My, my arm fell off. <laughs> okay. So you get one of them big old churches. You got your pastor. You know, maybe he deserved to make all that money. He could, yeah, they calling him every day. Got issues. Got issues. As soon as I said that, Blanche, get up and leave. <laughs> The word of God, the word of God lives in the believers. See, this is why when you have a church, it's full of believers. You got people in here. Think about this. Think about this. The word of God lives in you. That's deep. That's not only deep, that's fascinating to me. This is what Paul, this is what Peter says. He said, for the prophecy came in not not in old time by the will of men. Watch this now. Second Peter two one twenty one. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So when you sit here and tell me you're a Christian, you can the only way you can be a Christian is that the Holy Spirit dwells in you. You don't have the Holy Spirit, you ain't you ain't a Christian. And if you don't know if you have the Holy Spirit, you ain't a Christian. You'll know if you got the Holy Ghost. Okay? You'll know. Paul writing to the church. Writing to the church. We come here for our instruction. He's writing to the church of Colossae. Now, I I believe he's answering questions a lot of this. Remember, he was an apostle. He was an apostle. So so God was, was, was giving Paul wisdom from above. So God, Paul, in a, in a supernatural way, this is why I always say, don't listen to these apostles in Cleveland and Detroit. They're not, they're not the real ones, okay? An apostle had a, had, was getting divine revelations from God. So Paul knew probably what this church needed before they even asked. So he's writing to this church. Watch this, what he writes in Colossians 3.16. This is interesting to me. I got stuck here a long time, long time yesterday on this on this text because it's so rich. 
Paul says to this church. Obviously they were dealing with some things. Obviously they had some questions about the Holy Spirit. Obviously they may have had some other things going on. But Paul says in Colossians 3.16, he said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And that has so much, so much. He said, let the word of Christ, what is the word of Christ? The scriptures. Let the scriptures dwell in you Richly, How about that? Let the scriptures take up residence in you. So when you speak, you speak the word of God. When you sing, you sing the word of God. When you respond to a situation or, 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 or any type of incident that may come up, you respond in a scriptural way, in a biblical way. When people ask you a question about the hope that's in you, you are able to give them how? A scriptural answer, a biblical answer. You can't do that. If, if all that's in you is the guide and light and family feud and law and order and the Browns and the Steelers, you know, what would Ben Roethlisberger do? I don't care. Amen. Okay? Amen. I want to know what, what the word of God is saying to me to answer the question or the situation you're in. I can't, I can't help you scripture biblically if I don't know the Bible. I can't help you spiritually if I don't know the, the little things. This is why we, we're, we're, we're growing. Okay? He said, let the word of God dwell in you. That word dwell means what? Remain in you. Okay? Some of us, some of us have been in our homes. Oh, Cindy and I moved in our home in 2003, so we've been there about 20 years. I don't know, Margaret Holland, you might have been in your house even longer than that, 30, okay? My father lived in this house 45 years, maybe 50 years. What did he do? He dwelt there. He took up residence there. That was, I mean, he lived there. Paul said, let the word of God take up residence in us, live in us. When he, when he told Zacchaeus, he told Zacchaeus in, in Luke 19, and he said, Zacchaeus, come down, make haste, for I must dwell in your house. Okay? When Jesus left, he was still living in Zacchaeus. How about that? When Jesus left, his relationship with Zacchaeus didn't leave. Okay? Because he told that he told Christ that salvation has come to this house. See, salvation must come into our house, and we don't. And we don't listen. Most of us in here, most of us, most of us in here. Like I say, I know most of us in here. A lot of us in here, we ain't cutting corners. And we're gonna do something. We're gonna do it. Amen. Okay, that's just the way it is. Amen. There ain't nothing wrong with that. But you do it in a spiritual way too, because Paul says to the Colossians, because the Colossians was was well off. It wasn't these wasn't poor folks. So Paul was using a play of words with him. Watch what he says. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Amen. Okay? Let the, you know, in, 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 the, in, the, in the Haggai, the book of Haggai, the prophet challenged the people. He said, y'all taking care of y'all houses. He said, y'all houses look nice. 
Y'all got the ceilings, y'all got the floors, y'all got it all going on. But God's house. See? See? This is God's house. These bodies of ours, they're God's house. Okay? And, and, and Paul is saying this. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. How, Paul? In all wisdom. In all wisdom. See? When we, take, when we take the wisdom of God away from the carnal world, when we take the wisdom of God out of the church and we allow all that foolishness to come into the church and then that foolishness goes back out into the world, we have no impact on the world. The church, the church has no impact on the world because the church wants to be the world. And Paul's First John says this, love not the world. Love not the world. Any man who what? Loves the world. The love of the father. Is not in them. What's in the world? Y'all already know this stuff. Lust of the flesh. Lust of the eyes. Pride, ma. Pride of life. I hate that word pride. It's not a good word. It's not a biblical word. First sin that ever was committed. The first sin that ever was committed was pride. 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 Let's keep moving. Watch this. Let the word of God dwell in you richly. How about that? Lavishly. You ever go, you ever go to a temple? Imagine you went to a temple. Imagine you went to a temple. And it's beautiful on the outside. And you get inside and, and it's just raggedy. There was a McDonald's in California. I don't know if y'all heard about this one. And, and somebody, somebody was there. You know, we got the phones now. You got the phones. And you can videotape everything. And the, and the lady was sitting there getting ready to order her food. And she got the video going. And, and rats running all around in the back. What's going on? Normal looking on the outside. See, normal looking on the outside. But now it's closed. It's condemned. It's closed. Okay. Okay. That's just a rude illustration. Y'all look that up. Okay. Listen. Second Timothy. Let me, let me go back. Excuse me. This 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 three sixteen is huge. Teaching. Here's what happens in the church. Teaching. What we do. Teaching Sunday mornings, Wednesday night. Really, the really the sermon is just teaching. Okay, people say, "What's the difference between teaching and preaching?" Not and not a whole lot. Some people say, "Ah, preaching is hopping around." No, no, that ain't no preaching is teaching. Okay. Now watch the next next. Not watch the next verse. Here's where. Here's why a lot of people ain't here. Okay, people don't want to be admonished. You know what that word admonished mean? Rebuked. I mean, that's what the word of God says, teaching and admonishing one another. Now, we ought to do it in a loving way. We ought to do it in a, we ought to do it in a biblical way. Okay? We got a problem with somebody in the church. We're going to admonish somebody in the church. You know, one-on-one, on one, two-on-one, take it before the whole church. That's the biblical way. But admonishing one another is a good thing. It's good to be admonished. Amen. It's good to be admonished. 
When you want to be admonished, if you was heading, if you was heading over a cliff, and somebody tell you you need to slow down, you need to stop. You're heading over a cliff. Admonishing one another—that's that's part of our church family. Okay, if, if I'm in error, if I'm in error any kind of way, I hope I have the kind of people around me to say, hey, "Pastor, you know what? You in error. Okay, you wrong." I would, I would hope. No, no, no strong man is surrounding himself with weak folks that, that they're not going to call him out. Be called out. Hey, look, bud. Look, buddy. Okay. I used to say that when I worked at a prison. When I worked at the prison, I had some inmates that loved the Lord. I had some inmates that loved the Lord. Okay. And they were serious about it. They come to my office. We had Bible study. For real. Serious. And, and they was my brothers. They were locked up. They was incarcerated, but they was my brothers in Christ. Okay? And I had an inmate tell me once, you know what, I don't think you handled that right. A situation came up, and he, he rebuked me on it. I didn't get mad at him. I said, ah, look, I get out of my office. I'll write you up. You know, I'm the sergeant in here. I'm the boss. No, I took it to, to heart because he was coming at me in a, in a, in a, in a loving way. That's what it means to, to admonish somebody. Okay? Let me keep going, because this is fascinating. You don't get far. Admonishing one another how in Psalms. Think about that. Think about that. What's the song? What's the song? See, it's a song. But it's a song. It's a song that's within that song. There, there's words of correction. There are words of, there's words of exhortation. There's words of love. And there's words of guidance in the songs that we sing. They should be. I always say that. We should be. The song should be full of the scriptures. Okay? We was looking at the scriptures in Sunday school, and Mark said, that's a song. That's a song we used to sing. That's what it should be. Okay? If they're going to be gospel song, they ought to have a gospel in them, and a gospel, a gospel song ought to give you some direction. Psalms and hymns and spiritual song, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Let me stop right there. See, there's a difference we're seeing. You can see, there's some folks in here not, they can sing gracefully. A lot of people can sing gracefully. You can turn on MTV and they, some of them folks can sing gracefully. Okay? But can they sing with grace? There's a difference. The, he's not saying, he's not saying sing gracefully. He's singing, he says singing with grace in your hearts. What's that mean? How are we saved? I know y'all know. For by grace are you saved. Through faith and not of yourself. It is a gift of God. Not by works. Not by works. Nobody in here saved. Woke up one morning and said, you know what? This is a good day to be saved. I'm going to put the weed down. I'm going to stop chasing the women. I'm going to stop chasing the men. I'm going to stop getting high. I'm going to stop. I'm going to get saved. Nobody, nobody thinks like that. How are you saved? If anybody's in here saved, you were saved by grace. How do I know that? Because the word of God says. Okay. Thank you, Lord. And when you know you're saved by grace, and when you look around and you see people who have not been saved by grace, that ought to give you a reason to sing with grace in your hearts because you know the condition of your heart before you got saved. Okay. One more verse. I don't. Nope. Nope. 
Ephesians 5.8. Ephesians 5.18, excuse me. Ephesians 5.18. Watch this. I ain't getting far today. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna enjoy this. Amen. Okay. Paul, Paul writing to the Ephesians church. The Ephesians church like, like wine. They like, they like wine. You know, a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of Christians, you know, in that day and still today, they, they drink wine. You know, um, you look at some of the, some of the reformers, you know, Martin Luther and Calvin, they were all known to be big wine drinkers. I mean, they drank a lot. Okay. Yeah, don't, nobody want to talk about that. When you start talking to the Calvinists, they don't want to talk about that. Um, I said, they drink, they drink a lot. Okay. They would, they would take their salary in wine. I mean, I, I, would, I would just have a little bottle, you know. But imagine paying Joel Osteen in wine. He would own all of California. Let me get away from that. Amen. Be not drunk with wine. How about that? This is a text. Wherein is excess. Here's Paul talking to the Ephesians. Because see, a lot of times when, when you're talking to people, you, you want to get down to their level. Because they can understand. When you're talking a language, they understand. See, sometimes we, 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 just, we, we, so we don't even want to talk about certain things. There's preachers that say, I don't, I'm, so, I'm so holy. I won't even mention certain things in the church. I'll tell y'all whatever whatever needs to be said. That's how it's supposed to be. Okay? God bless you. Who's that, Jackie? Okay, you just need to put a mask on. And be not drunk with wine. No, I'm just messing with her. She knows. She got a good Jackie got a good sense of humor. Be she has to. Look who's next to her. And be not drunk with wine where's excess. Watch this now. But be filled. Be filled with the spirit. Okay? I I, I just, I just, you know, I had too much time on my hands yesterday. And so I so I Googled drunk talk. You know, you know, when a when a when a when a drunk is filled with alcohol, okay? Drunk talk. I love you. I miss you. Stuff like that. I ain't been around drunks in a long time. But I so I just Googled it. But when you feel with the spirit, when you feel with the spirit, Paul said, don't be filled with wine. Be filled with the spirit. And then do what? Speak to yourself. See, see, see drunks speak to themselves. Okay. He said, speak to yourself how? Here we go again. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, a drunk can understand this because this is what we do. When you want a drunk get drunk, they like to sing and they can have a good time. And then you know, they get to dancing, you know, turn on a karaoke machine. I listen to my coworkers. A lot of, a lot of them used to be drunks and they get to the bar and the karaoke machine come on and they want, they just couldn't, they love it. They, they loved it so much. They just had karaoke night. For all the drunks, turn on the karaoke machine, that's my song. And they get up there and make a fool out of themselves. Okay? Giving thanks always. Here we go. Verse number 20. I'm going to keep moving. Giving thanks is what we come to church for. Here's what we come to church for. 
giving thanks always for all things under God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. What's that look like? What's that look like? James 5.13 says this. He says we ought to sing if we got good, a good report. If we got, if we having a good day, we ought to sing. James 5.13, watch this, watch this. Is any among you afflicted? Is any among you afflicted, going through, got trouble, got trials and tribulations, maybe got a, a surgery coming up, maybe got an illness that you just unexplainable, maybe you going through cancer treatments. If any man is afflicted, what? Let him pray. That's what it says. But is any merry? You ain't got afflictions. You ain't got no troubles. You really having a, a good time. Right now you got a peacefulness in your life. You know what you ought to do? You know what you ought to do? Let him sing. Let him sing songs. Let him sing songs. Y'all know I always say you only can always in them three phases. You either what? Going through. How's it go? You are heading for trouble, just getting out, or going in. You always had one of them stages. So if you right now, if you at right now, you at a time in your life where you got some peace, where you got some peace, sing psalms. Let God know. When you know God love hear us sing. So I know y'all don't love hearing me sing all the time. I don't really care because I'm going to get up here and, and I'll mess up some songs and I'll be all over the place. But I'm not singing to none of y'all in here, okay? Amen. I'm singing to the Lord. You know, when I get to heaven, I'm going to sing better. Okay? I'm going to sing better. Matter of fact, matter of fact, when we get to heaven, it ought, we, ought to, we ought to be singing now because when we get to heaven, we're going to sing. We're going to do a lot of singing. So if you got, if you got a struggle down here with singing, you better you need to tighten it up. Because the Bible says in, in Revelations, what, 5 and 9, he said, it's, they sang a new song. He said, they sang a new song. You know what they were singing? Thou art worthy to take the book and open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and has redeemed who? Us. To the God by the blood out of every kindred. God died for us. And that's worth singing about. Amen. That's worth singing about. You know what else is worth singing about? You know what else is worth singing about? Think about this. Think about this, Columbus. God called us from a bad place. Amen. Okay? You know, I, I, I know some of y'all, I wasn't as bad as some of y'all. Okay? Some people may say, I wasn't as bad. And you know, it's just, God called us out of darkness. Okay? First Peter 2, 9. Watch this. If you think you've got to struggle, if you're struggling to sing, if you're struggling to give God praise, watch this. He called us to praise him. He said, you are a chosen generation. That's worthy of praise right there. The fact that you are a chosen generation. We are a chosen generation. He says, a royal priesthood. Amen. That's interesting. A holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth praises unto him that have called you. You didn't call him. Amen. He called you. And when he called you, he chose you and he made you royalty and a part of a holy nation and a peculiar people. And we were designed to show forth praises unto him who called us out of darkness into his 
marvelous light. That's beautiful Amen. stuff. That's beautiful stuff. That ought to make you want to sing just by just the fact that you know the worst day, on the very worst day of your life, you still are chosen people, a royal priesthood. How about that? How about that? Maybe I'll give you one more. I don't know where I'm at with time, but I'm a, I think I'm good. Watch Amen. this. Watch this. Preaching must be a part of the church. Amen. Preaching must be part of the church. You know, people don't want to hear it. People don't want to hear it. The reason, the reason, if it was just singing, if it was just singing, people would come to church. If we said, we're just going to sing, we're not going to preach anymore, we're just going to sing, people would come. Churches would be full. We're going to sing for 45 minutes and everybody would leave. Because folks like singing. But that's not what Paul says. That's not what the Word of God says. The Word of God says preaching must be part of the church. Preaching must not, not be a part of it, but be the major part of it. Amen. Preaching must be the most important part of it. And Paul knew this. You know, no, no, Paul, Paul knew what was going to happen. Paul would constantly remind Timothy. He said, Timothy, Timothy, it's going to get rough. When I leave, it's going to get rough. And you got to stay the course. 1 Timothy 3.14, turn there with me real quick, and I want to talk about this. Sylvia sort of brought it up on, 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 on Wednesday night, and, and I'm like, she all in my business. But that's fine, because we sometimes think alike, okay? 1 Timothy chapter 3.14. Some of y'all that was here Wednesday may remember what she said. I'm not going to say what she said, but she mentioned it. But watch this. Here's Paul writing to Timothy. And, and, and Paul would, when Paul would go on a missionary journey, he didn't know how long he was going to be gone. He didn't even know he was coming back. He could have been killed at any time because the Bible said many are the afflictions of the righteous. Paul, Paul was, a, was, a, was a man that when he traveled and preached, he stirred up the crowd. Amen. Folks didn't want to hear it. Amen. They wanted to kill him or they got saved. That was the only two choices with Paul. But Paul says this to Timothy because he's leaving Timothy in charge. And knowing that Timothy is going to struggle because this is what we do. Amen. Folks don't want to hear the word of God. Kill the preacher. Okay. He said, these things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. This is Paul writing to Timothy in 1 Timothy 3, 14. Then he says here, 15. But if I tarry long, if I'm gone for a long time, or if I never come back, thou that thou knowest that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God. There's a certain behavior yeah. in the house of God. Yeah. Huh. There's another reason why people don't want to come to church. Because they want to do whatever they want to do. They want to come however they want to come. They don't, hey, listen, listen. Ain't all of us in here that work? We, we, we got, most of us got dress codes. Okay. You ain't, you ain't going to your job dressed a certain way, looking a certain way, acting a certain way. You just ain't. And you say, well, you know what? You can find another job. Most of us, they, most, some of us got uniforms. 
What would happen? And Jake said, oh, I'm going to be a fireman, but I don't want to wear a uniform. I just want to, I just want to wear, you know, wear my regular clothes. No, you're going to wear the uniform or you ain't going to be a fireman. See, that's how that works. Okay. Silver, you got to wear a uniform on your job? You want to sing? Watch this. He says, but if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. Okay. Okay. He said, he said, Timothy, I know they're going to come at you. I know they're going to they gonna try to change the message. I know they're going to try to change who you are and change the fact that, that the Bible must be preached. Okay. He says, but you got to stand strong and preach the truth, whether they want to hear it or not. Okay, he said, you have to preach the gospel whether they want to hear it or not. And then he gives them in verse 16, he gives them, he gives Timothy a manifesto or he gives Timothy guidance. Watch what he says. Watch what he says. Without controversy. How about that? Without controversy. Don't let nobody question it. People question it all day to day, mm-hmm. all day to day. I was reading a survey and it's about the worldview. Now, when I, I talk to you about the biblical worldview, I talked to you guys about it a while ago. A biblical worldview is how do you see the things of the Bible? How do you how do you understand the things of the Bible? How, what do you believe about the Bible? It says that 41 percent of the people believe in the death, burial and resurrection. Forty one percent of the people who claim to be Christians Believe that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, was buried, and rose on the third day. 41% of people, who, you, you can't even be a Christian if you don't believe, if, 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 you, if, if any part of that you don't believe, you, you can disqualify yourself from being a Christian. Well, I believe he was born of a virgin, but I don't believe he rose from the grave. I believe he rose from the grave, but I don't believe he was born of a virgin. I believe he, he died, but I don't believe he was sinless. See, that's just all messed up. And Paul told Timothy, watch this. He says, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Okay? Now, here's what he said. God was manifest in the flesh. Know what that means? He was born of a virgin. He lived a life. He lived the life of a man for 33 and a half years. He was justified in the spirit. Now he's telling Timothy, this is what you got to preach. You ain't hearing this. Turn on the TV preachers. You ain't hearing them talk. They don't even talk about the resurrection. They don't talk about repentance. They don't talk about the virgin birth. They don't talk about none of that. They talk about, you know, health, wealth, and prosperity. Feel good. They want you to feel good. I hope y'all feel good when y'all leave here because y'all gonna know something about the gospel. Okay? He says God was manifest in the flesh. Everybody believe that? I hope y'all do. I hope you do. Justified in the spirit. Somebody said, what's justified in the spirit mean? He said, what? That on the third day that I was going to what? Rise from the dead. Did he rise? Yes, he rose. He was justified in the fact that he said he was going to rise. How did he rise? He rose with all power. Okay. Who seen him first? 
the angels, the Bible said, the angels seen him. They were at the tomb. Scene of angels. This is what Paul said. Priest unto the Gentiles. Now, Paul, Paul bringing himself into it because Paul, remember, Paul was on his way to, to Damascus to kill Christians and he was saved. He was delivered. And God called Paul to be what? An apostle to the Gentiles in the Gentile world. That's us. Heard the gospel. They heard the gospel. Here we got John 3, 16. And it was believed on in the world for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth, believeth in him. Meaning, meaning you're going to believe him. You're going to believe in him until you take your very last breath. Amen. Believing in him don't mean, well, I believed in June, but not in July. No, I believed in him until the day I took my last breath. I took my last breath believing in him. How about Amen. that? How about that? How about that? Preached unto the Gentiles, believed on the world, and received up into glory. Well, 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 I think I'm going to stop there. I think I'm going to stop there. I think I'm going to stop there. Church is important. Amen. Coming to church is important. Hearing the gospel is important. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some. Then it goes on to say, exhorting one another, encouraging one another. That's why we come. Somebody here need encouragement. Okay, I don't always know. You guys don't always know, but the word of God always knows. The word of God always knows when someone needs encouragement. Someone needs to hear the word of God. I would hate, I would hate for a stranger to walk in this door, dying of cancer or some kind of illness or struggling with something and come in here and, and don't hear nothing. Don't hear nothing. Don't hear nothing. I think if someone comes, walks in the door, they need to hear the gospel. Amen. They need to hear the gospel. And what is the gospel? Jesus died for our sins mm-hmm. and rose from the grave. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Precious Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the church, Father God. Father God, I just pray that this, this world we live in would come to a loving understanding of the church. That they would re- the church would return to its once glory. Amen. Father God, I pray for pastors that they would be bold and courageous and that they would fight the good fight of faith. Yes, Father God, thank you for everything you've done. And we ask right now that you continue to give us power and guidance. Give us direction, Father God. Exhort us through the word. Keep us united and close, Father God. And if there's someone in here today, Father God, who's going through, maybe depressed, maybe having a struggle with their faith, Father God, get encouraged them. Show them and let them know that you are God and that besides you, there is none other. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's all stand and